I've run the dark county of the heart this music comes from. But I don't know where to hammer on or to drop a thumb to the haunted string that sets the story straight. Jane Springer. Chris Mattingly of Louisville, Kentucky, is the author of A Light for Your Beacon, Translations of Anglo-Saxon Riddles, and the forthcoming Scuffletown from Typecast Publishing. His poems have lately appeared in Lumberyard, Still, Louisville Review, Sawmill, and Forklift, Ohio. Chris holds an MFA in poetry from Spalding University, cultivates a great big garden, plays the banjo, sometimes travels ridiculous distances for good burgoo and chess pie, and is the eighth generation Mattingly to live in Kentucky. Welcome to The Poet's Weave. I'm Romaine Rubinus Dorsey. Chris, what poems do you have for us? Letter to the Courts She was either happened to prove she was fit to parent her just-returned kids or show she completed an appointed program or give receipt of fines paid, but I can't recall. And there it was, palimpsest of phonetic scratchings with erasures and dented letters, like a faded advertisement for the old product of our raisin. Being one who can move in and out of vernacular, I asked her to let me iron and type it out. But she just looked at me. She wasn't looking for a proofreader. She just wanted to show me she'd done it in case Dad or someone came around asking. The Cockroach Had it been a snake, I could have shooed it with a shovel or shoved a snub-nosed thirty-eight into its side. But I couldn't see pointing a pistol at a cockroach, so I jarred it in the kitchen where it crawled, hauling, I imagined, the bagged ash of my whole childhood, which I began to recall until mad enough I got down upon my knees to tap, tap the downturned ball jar bubbled with blue pockets of air in which all two red inches of roach scurried, knocked, and scratched at the glass with its angelic antenna, blowing in the breeze of its own breath. I asked if I looked as familiar as it did to me, interrupting teenage kisses in the den, card games with friends, Presents unwrapped on Christmas, what were they? A chain gang planking roads into my nose and ears when I slept and feared slipping down the greased rollers of their wingless backs. It was either them or the slug silver garlands roped around my blankets or mice squeak like an old bed overhead, the possum grin grinning in the window. I wanted the cardinal burning on the snow, the eagle spread across the Trans Am. I wanted a tiger in the alley. But I got roaches, roaches I learned to stomp, sweep, and stomp. But not this one, on this floor, which I torture, shaking the jar or pinning a leg or arm after pretending to let it go, knowing I couldn't just kill it. Ohio River, 
Scuffletown, Kentucky. This is the Ohio River. It isn't a snake winding through a cornfield, nor does it bend and bend like the migrant farmer who can't take a break. Never lull does it like rock a baby. This river doesn't shine like a brand new black Cadillac. Light does not break upon it like glass, and it smells hardly like burning leaves. Never does it ascend into that fragile husk of moon, nor spill like blood from the sun. And it sure as heck ain't an artery connected to some secret heart in the earth's center. It doesn't drone like a dulcimer gently strummed by your grandmother's ghost, nor will it rise in jubilation or sing hymns. I don't expect it'll whisper like a lover either. Shoot, it don't even know your name. You've been listening to Chris Mattingly on The Poet's Weave. I'm Romaine Rubinistorsi. So I noticed that, um, you know, part of your bio, you say you're an eighth-generation Mattingly. Yeah, in Kentucky, and I and I notice how many of the poems sort of delve into into family. Mm-hmm. What do you feel your relationship is between these two things, between family and poetry? Uh, that's a complicated question. The magic of the poetry in relationship to my family is it seems to redeem and validate um, family history and heritage, and place, a place which is often ridiculed for old stereotypes. You know, I think Kentucky is one of the most talked about uh, places, probably anywhere, um, in good and bad ways. I come from a very poor working family in which uh, the way we speak uh, is often made fun of, uh, and it's to be honest, uh, incorrect. You know, we speak incorrectly. When it's put into a form, though, a sonnet or villanelle or metered, uh, it somehow is lifted and elevated, turns into art, and uh, in that way it's celebrated, while at the same time able to challenge the family histories and stereotypes yeah, and it seems, Chris, honestly, without sacrificing truth. I mean, these are to me they seem like be really they're they're very complicated poems because they are that you hear the music of the language, you hear you hear I mean the, the love comes across, but it's it's complex. It's not simplified kind of portrayals. They they seem very honest and true to me. So that's exciting. Thank you. That's really exciting. Are all these poems you read come from the new collection, or are some of them newer than that? All of these come from the new collection. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. And what are you working on now? I've been working on translations, okay. oddly enough, of uh, Anglo-Saxon riddles. And I've uh, been working on them for about two years. There's a, almost 100 riddles to translate. Wow. I've done about 25 of them. Um, I was lucky enough to have 10 of them picked up by Q Avenue Press. They did a small 
small book. Um, and again, it's that project is a is a way for me to take these sort of antiquated uh, riddles that are so set so firmly in old England, yeah. a thousand years old, and bring them to uh, this place and ground them through the language of again Kentucky. Yeah, imbue the riddles with the speaker. So it's been it's kind of it's fun, you know. It's it's a project. It's the first thing I've ever done where every day I can go to the table, sit down and just work on translating. Yeah. I don't need to wait for the devil or the muse to instruct me. It's just okay, I'm going to translate today. Yeah. And it might not turn out well, but it's busy work. So. Yeah. Yeah, but it clearly, I mean what you said about imbuing it with a speaker, it's an interesting it's an interesting project because typically in translation you're working with someone who is has either written the poems themselves, right, the original mm-hmm. author, or at least a native speaker. Yeah. But what you have are are the riddles themselves in your own language, right? Exactly. Your own your own your own self in some way, some version of yourself. Right. Yeah. Right. I wouldn't be honest if I didn't say that I come to the project with a little bit of disobedience to the form and just uh want to kind of wreck it a little bit. Yeah. I really want to just bash into it and it's durable. It can withstand my, you know, humble translations. It's, nice. Um, so uh, I like the idea of really dumping a place into the into the riddles. Yeah, that's really great. That, you mean you can really say that about pretty much any form, can't you? It can mm-hmm. stand up to you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But yeah, but it will also account it accommodates too, which I just think is that's beautiful. That's really great. Thank you so much for doing this, Chris. Yeah, thanks Appreciate for having it. me. Mm-hmm.